The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Before we have the reading, I'm going to just briefly recap the event that this episode is about. <laughs> so uh, I guess if you are following the U.S. news cycle this week, you'll have seen the uh, the slap heard around the world <laughs> where uh, Will Smith at the Academy Awards uh, went up on stage and smacked Chris Rock in the face. The, uh, the, the basic facts are as follows. Chris Rock was making, you know, Chris Rock is a comedian and he was, uh, I guess, roasting certain celebrities. I didn't watch the Academy Awards. I only saw the clips. So apparently he commented on Will Smith's wife's hair or shaved head, really, okay, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, and said, Jada, I love you, G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it, all right? Uh, and that's a reference to the movie that, starring Demi Moore, where she had a shaved head, and he was basically commenting on the fact that Jada Pinkett Smith had a shaved head, okay? So, I guess in reality, then, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith has a medical condition called alopecia, which led to her... Um, Shaving, deciding to shave her head, and therefore the joke was perceived as uh, insensitive. Okay, and it could have ended there, but what happened? And 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 Chris Rock like uh, backpedaled a little bit, saying that he was just making a GI Jane joke. Okay, so then Will Smith walked up on stage and then just smacked Chris Rock in the face, uh, and it was audible, and then went back to his seat. And then he shouted back at Chris Rock twice, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth. And this obviously shocked everybody. And uh, and it was addressed later on in Will Smith's... Uh, uh, oh, then Will Smith ended up winning his first uh, uh, Oscar for Best Actor. And uh, and he, you know, acknowledged that in his, uh, in his, in, in his speech and, you know, uh, and then expressed his regrets afterwards. Okay. Those are the events. All right. So, so you know, I saw this and I was like, oh, man, I, I have to make an episode about this. But I faced the same problem that has been preventing me from making more consistent content, which is feeling like I have to address everything about it and have like the final word on, you know, if I'm going to make a stoic uh, Jew podcast episode about <laughs> anger, it has to be like about the it has to be a full presentation of everything that stoicism and Judaism have to say about anger. Obviously, that's impossible, and uh, and then and 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 the the that's what paralyzes me in terms of of how much do I say, how much do I not say. So I, I I'm gonna again try to use this strategy I've been doing, force myself through this, and just just say what my thoughts were, okay, and and let that be the episode. So I had basically three thoughts, okay. The first thought was the the following passage from Epictetus's Enchiridion, the Handbook, Chapter Twenty. He says. Remember that you are insulted not by the person who strikes or abuses you, but by your opinion that these things are insulting. So whenever another provokes you, be assured that it is your own opinion that has provoked you. So uh, that's the first thing I thought of. So th that's the first passage I thought of. But the way I thought of it when I when I saw the clip is that like I, I, my reaction was, man, Will Smith, like you really like you think you are 
you know, taking things into your own hands and defending your wife's honor and and being the uh, I, I don't know how he conceives himself, whether in heroic terms or or like, uh, you know, honor terms, whatever it is. But I, I, my thought was like, you're really giving Chris Rock that much power over you like, you know, like the fact that you were propelled out of your seat to go up and in public physically respond respond to to a verbal insult with physical violence i mean he's entirely he's in, uh, this is a man who is entirely controlled by his anger which in in the moment which is entirely controlled by someone else's words i mean it is a uh, it, it's an amazing thing and again i'm not i'm not saying that that uh, i'm any better than that i mean i've, I've never physically assaulted somebody who has insulted me but you know it, we're all subject to anger and we've all been in situations where we let someone push our buttons but this was just a particularly dramatic uh, example of that so that was that was thought number 1 second thought that came to mind was the rambam in Hilchos Deus. So the, uh, again, I'm, I'm going to try not to give a whole sheer on the Ramam in Hilchos Deus on anger, but basically the Ramam's whole approach to character traits is that there are, uh, every character trait has two extremes in the middle and a uh, middle path. And generally speaking, the, the uh, a person should strive for the middle path. So easiest example is uh, you have one extreme of being a spendthrift where you can't keep any money, you just spend it as soon as you get it. Then the other side, uh, the other extreme is being a miser where you can't bring yourself to spend money at all, uh, even if you have it. And then the middle path is frugality where you you are able to save and you're able to spend based on rationality and you don't let your extreme emotions pull you in either way. So then the Ramam though says that there are two exceptions to this rule where you should not go to the middle path, you should go all the way to the opposite extreme. And the two exceptions are Gova Halev, which is haughtiness, arrogance, whatever you want to translate that as, and then anger. And in anger, he says uh, as follows, V'chein hakas, likewise, anger, De'a ra'ahi admo. This is a very bad character trait. V'roi la'adam she'is rachik mimena adakate ha'acher. And it's proper for a person to distance himself all the way to the other extreme. V'yilamid atzmo shalo yichos. And he should train himself to not get angry. V'afilu al davar shiroi lichos alav. Even on something that is is fit to be angry about. So pause there for one second. So, you know, I'm sure in Will Smith's mind at this uh, at, at this moment, he deemed this insult to be something that is worth getting angry about and worth responding to. But the, the interesting thing about the Ramam is he's saying even something that is worthy to get angry about, you should not get angry about. So, in other words, there are things that are worth worthy of anger, but you should not let that provoke a response of anger in you. Okay, then he goes on. If a person wants to instill fear in, in his children or household, or if he's a leader and he wants to instill fear in the people who he's leading uh, in the congregation, um, or uh, uh, and, and he, he wants to, to get angry in order to make them return to the good. In other words, if it's for a good purpose to act angry, you know, to to have a response of anger. So what should he do? Yare atmo bifnehem shuhu koes. He should make himself appear as angry before them, in order to discipline them. But but privately, inwardly, his mind should be at at, at ease, at peace. Like a person playing the part of an angry man, but is not actually angry. So I thought of that as well when I saw Will Smith. I was like, okay, Will Smith is a, is a talented actor, right? He could 
I'm sure he could play the part of an angry man, right? But this was not acting. This was real, okay? And, and the funny thing is like this, is like, you know, let's say he, he, he implemented this advice. Let's say, let's say he deemed the uh, insult to his wife's honor something that's worthy to get angry about, okay? And let's say he kept himself calm inwardly and decided to discipline, quote-unquote, Chris Rock by acting angry, okay, and, uh, and, and, and hitting him or yelling at him. Here's the thing. It still would not be a good decision, okay? Why? Because, first of all, you see, I think they call it the Streisand effect, right, where, where you know, let's say, let's say he didn't respond, right? So Chris Rock would have insulted Will Smith's wife, and then, and then the whole thing would have died down, right? And maybe, you know, Will Smith could have gone over to him in private and acted angry and, uh, and you know, and, and elicited an apology from Chris Rock, right? But what happened instead, by doing this public reaction, now this is all anyone can ever talk about, right? And, and it, it, was, it completely overshadowed the news cycle and defined that Academy Award, uh, you know, this year's Academy Awards. And now the insult to his wife is all that's being talked about because in the context of this story and he made a fool of himself you know he 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 shamed himself and he ruined his the moment of, uh, of glory where he is getting his award for best actor and now he can't even enjoy it because of this um you know this uh this uh what do you call this uh this altercation and I'm sure anytime Jada Pinkett Smith and her hair, her, 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 her shaved head comes up in conversation, you know, then people are going to associate to this activity. So he's basically taken this, this passing insult. And even if he didn't get angry, even if he just did this, this response, it just permanently, it just made this into a, 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 a permanent blemish, you know, on himself and on and uh, uh, in the annals of, of news or whatever. So it was just the, the you know the wrong decision there. Okay, then the wrong one goes on and he says, oh and oh and, and again oh no yeah I said that point right okay fine. Amru Chachamim Harishonim. Ram says the early sages said Kol Hakois Kilo Oved Anyone who gets angry, it's as if he worships idolatry. Um, there you know that you could go in a whole sheer there. I'll just give a a, a brief um. A brief uh, uh, comment on that, which is that uh, my Rosh Hayeshiva defined uh, the essence of idolatry as relating to the products of your psyche as a reality. Okay, uh, that's the essence of, of idolatry. And again, idolatry here doesn't just mean bowing down to idols; it means, you know, believing in false gods, uh, uh, thinking superstitiously, believing in astrology, all this stuff. In all these cases, you're taking your internal. The, the, the products are internal psychodynamic, um, uh, you know, imagination, wishes, fears, etc. But then you're 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 relating to them as though they're actually real in the external world. Like the guy who who holds onto a good luck charm, believing it's going to protect him, has a fear. That fear generates this belief in the ability to control things outside of his uh, his actual sphere of control, and then he projects that onto this amulet, and then believes that if he holds onto the amulet in a certain way, then it's going to actually have an effect on reality. So that's idolatry, and anger is is very similar in the sense that you know a person gets angry when reality do doesn't correspond to their desires, but instead of engaging reality through rational means and actually trying to change the situation, they lash out, believing that by lashing out, you know, throwing a tantrum, then that's going to somehow change the past, the present, or the future, you know? So it is this this very childish, infantile uh, uh, response of, of you're really responding to your internal 
psychology, your, your, your psyche's reaction, and then somehow believing that that's going to have an impact on reality. So that's the similarity to Avodazara in short. Okay, then he goes on and says, uh, anyone who gets angry, if he is wise, then his wisdom departs from him, and if he is a prophet, his prophecy departs from him. I'm going to comment on that separately from, from Seneca in my third thought. Then he says, People who are angry, their life is not a life. Uh, okay, oh, sorry. so what does that mean? So I, I think that just means that if you are an angry person, you're going to be in a constant state of pain and conflict. And and I, I don't even know if it's just an angry person. I mean, take any, I mean, that's certainly true of an angry person. But if you if you react angrily in a case like this, I mean, this is going to follow him and cause him grief, cause Will Smith grief for years to come, maybe for the rest of his life. You know, so he's just, he's just uh, stapling himself to pain, <laughs> to the pain of his anger. Okay, now I'll finish reading the Ramam here. Um, he says, Therefore, the sages commanded us to distance ourselves from anger. To the point where we don't respond even to things that are, are anger-worthy or provocative of anger. That's the good path. The way of the righteous. They are insulted, but they don't insult back. They hear their, uh, their shame, and they don't respond. They... They act out of love and they rejoice in afflictions. Regarding them, the Pasuk says, uh, The ones who love God are like the sun emerging in its power. Okay, I didn't have time to think about that last part. I just wanted to finish reading the Ramam. Okay, last thought I had was on how anger affects our judgment. So Seneca has a whole treatise on anger, which I've never read, but I saw this excerpt on uh, in Seneca on anger 2.1 where he says, there, there can be no doubt that anger is aroused by the impression that we have been wronged. The question, however, is whether anger follows immediately from that impression and springs up without assistance from the mind, or whether it is aroused only with the mind's cooperation. Our opinion is that it ventures nothing by itself, but acts only with the approval of the mind. For to form the impression of having received an injury and to want to avenge it, and then to couple together the two propositions that one ought not to have been wronged and one ought to be avenged, this is not a mere impulse of the mind acting without our volition. So he's saying here that when you get angry, you're actually warping the mind. And let's let's play through with the example here. So, so he's he's saying Seneca saying Will Smith made two mistakes. One is he formed the impression of having received an injury, okay, um, and ought not to have been wronged, right? So that was that was, Chris he perceived Chris Rock's uh, comment about his wife as an actual injury. And and felt that shouldn't have happened. Again, that's that's the Avodazara impulse of wishing that reality is other than it really is. And he formed the impression that this ought to be avenged. And he coupled them together and then acted on it. So it was a corruption of the mind. And this reminded me of Rubina Yona on Mishle 122, uh, where he's talking about how the mind uh, is warped by giving into to your uh, your your emotions. And he says. I'm quoting this out of context here, but uh, it's. I think this is a true statement on its own. He says that your your yitzir hara, uh, your your evil inclination. He says yitzir lef adam rami ra. The inclination of man's heart is evil. V'shol hadvarim mimeno, and it demands things of him. And it 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 yearns to give that for a person to give it everything that he wants that his eyes desire. And here's the key phrase: v'ein biyad hayitzir lemalos tishukaso below haskamas and nefesh hamaskelis v'rayona. It is impossible 
for the evil inclination to fulfill its yearning without the consent of the rational soul and its thoughts. Vizehu inyan v'ata timshalbo. That's what it means in Brachis when it says you shall rule over it. Inyan, okay, etc. He says alkin, and therefore te'anish hanefesh besitat ratan hataiva. Therefore, the soul, the rational soul, will be punished when it gives into the desires. So it's the same thing Seneca is saying, which is that that. Don't think that when you give into a desire, whether it be a, a desire for pleasure or or giving into a desire of anger or fear, whatever it is, don't think that that's just your emotions acting without without the uh, you know um, affecting your intellect. No, no, no. It's impossible for your, you to give into your emotions without your intellect somehow rationalizing or justifying it, as Seneca said. So, so that's what I think it means that if you're a chacham and you get angry then your wisdom departs from you. In other words, it's not just that you act irrationally in anger, it's that you're actually corrupting your your uh, your rational faculty. So, uh, yeah. And that was another thing I thought of when I saw this Will Smith thing. Okay, so again, this is not a full <laughs> a full uh, discourse on the Torah or Stoic's position on anger, but those are the thoughts I had and I wanted to share them. Okay, that's it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss. I'm Zell and PayPal are matt-schneeweiss.gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbischneeweiss.gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.